Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into the message. We're in week two of our I Am series. Um, last week for Easter, we started uh, this series out, and I'm very excited about it because these are the I Am statements of Jesus that he gives us in the, the Gospel of John. Uh, he gives us some, some ideas uh, from his own mouth of who he is and why he came. And I love studying Jesus. I, I love to learn more about him because there's always more to learn. And I love it when he gives us these ideas and he's sharing these things with us because obviously he knows himself better than we do. And so he shares these ideas and these thoughts, these proclamations, these statements to help us understand a little bit more about who he is. And so today we're going to be looking at the statement that he gives in John chapter 6, which is the bread of life. He calls himself this and uh, we're going to look at this together. But before we jump into John chapter 6, let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, we thank you again for the, the opportunity to meet this way. We thank you for the technology and to be able to do this. And, 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 and obviously, God, we would much rather be together and, and be able to, to experience this together, but we are so thankful for this opportunity to do it uh, over, over online and to do those sort of things. So God, we love you and we thank you. We ask that you would just help me to communicate the things that you've laid on my heart. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're going to jump right in in John chapter 6. Now, we're going to start with John 6, starting with verse number 25. We're going to go from 25 to 36, which is about 11 verses. We're going to read those. But before we do, I want to kind of give you a little background, a little timeline of where we are in the story. Earlier in, in John chapter 6, Jesus has fed the 5,000 people. Um, I invite you to go ahead and, and not right now, of course, but later on, maybe if you want to look at that story, it's an amazing story where Jesus feeds, it says 5,000 men. And so they don't count the women and the children. So, you know, I mean, we don't know obviously the number, but there could have been over 15,000 people that Jesus feeds. Uh, and so he, he has met that need for them, which is an amazing miracle, which is also kind of leads us into this bread of life uh, proclamation that Jesus gives. But he does that. And then uh, right before our story here, Jesus walks on the water, uh, which is an amazing story as well in, in John. So we want to, I want to kind of give you some an idea of where we're at in the story. So, so Jesus has fed the 5,000 people. He's walked on water, and now it's basically after that has taken place, and that's kind of where we pick up the story in John 6, verse number 25. It says this, when they found him on the other side of the lake. Now, those individuals are the people that are, that are searching for him. Uh, these are the people that some of them obviously are the people that he fed uh, the, with the bread and the loaves and all, or the, the loaves and the fish and all this sort of stuff. So they're looking for him. He's on the other side of the lake, which he's walked across, of course, until he got to the, his disciples middle of the lake. And so this is what he says, uh, Rabbi, when did you get here? So, so they're, they're knowing that Jesus didn't get on the boat, and now he's somehow gotten across, so they're looking for him, and so on and so forth. So now, this is what we continue in verse number 26. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Let's continue on with verse number 28. Then he, they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Verse 30. So they asked him, 
What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse number 34. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And now, verse 35, really this, this proclamation that Jesus says. It says, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So we have this story here where Jesus is experiencing all these things, and, and he's wanting to, to really teach them this thing. And, and I love that Jesus takes this moment and it really becomes a teaching moment. They, they come and they ask Jesus a question, but Jesus knows their hearts and begins to kind of reveal some things and begins to teach them some things about who he is, where their hearts are, what, what's going on. And I think that it's very important for us today as we look at this to see what Jesus is trying to help them understand, what Jesus is trying to help them to see, and what Jesus is really trying to teach them. And really that's what we're going to be focusing in on this morning is is Jesus taking this teaching moment for them and how we can also learn from the things that Jesus was wanting to teach them. So we're going to jump right in here to our first point and this first idea of Jesus, what, what Jesus wants to teach them. And this is what it says. It says Jesus wants to teach them to move their perceived need of something on to someone. Their perceived need of something onto someone. Let's look at John 6, 26, okay? Let's look at this again. Jesus answered, very truly, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate of the loaves and you had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that will endure to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed the seal of his approval. Then they asked him, what, what must we do to do the work God replied, or God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So let's kind of look at what's going on here. We kind of brought this up a little bit earlier, but, but they show up and they're kind of asking Jesus, where have you been? And Jesus knows their hearts and knows what's going on. He's like, he goes, look, you're, you're not necessarily looking for me. You're looking for basically what I did. I filled your tummy, basically. You got something to eat, and that's what you're looking for. And, and so Jesus begins this whole um, conversation, this whole teaching with trying to help them understand, look, you're looking for the wrong thing. You're, you're, you have this need, and you're trying to look for something, and Jesus here is trying to help them see you. What you really need is some want. And it's amazing how we are not that different in a lot of ways. We kind of have that same attitude. We, we think if we just find that one thing, then everything will be better. If we can just find that, if we just have this or that, if we can just find um, the, the right person even, or the, or the right job, or if, if, if we get this reward or whatever it might be, then everything's going to be all right. Then we're going to be fulfilled. Filled and we're going to be uh, have a purpose in our life. And Jesus is here going, listen, you're looking for the wrong thing. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're looking. But instead of looking for something, you need to be looking for someone. And that's what Jesus begins to teach them. He's trying to remove this idea of, of looking for something to turn and say, you know what? I really need someone. 
And listen, listen, there's a lot of things that we can look for. There's a lot of some things in our lives that we're going to look to see if we can fulfill us, to, to give us purpose and hope and, and direction. But Jesus is already beginning that process in this teaching moment of saying, hey, listen, you're looking for the wrong thing. What you need is the one that God has sent. What you need is to believe in the one that God has sent, which is an amazing beginning process here. So even at the beginning, he begins to say, listen, we need to shift our perception. We need to shift what we're looking for and look to him. So that's the first thing. The next thing, Jesus wants to teach them to stop seeking the benefits of what they can get from him and instead understand he is the benefit, okay? He is the benefit. Look at John 6, verses 30 through 33. It says this, So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? And this is a really interesting uh, statement here that they make to Jesus here in verse number 30. They say, What will you do? What will you do? And it's, and it's amazing in my life and in lives of, of others, both, both people that I've talked to that are Christian, that are non-Christian, it seems like we, we still ask Jesus that question. What will you do? What will you do for me? I remember when I was a kid, I mean, uh, when I became a Christian, one of those things that, that, that was really kind of explained to me, and, and listen, this is true, was, was, was you don't want to spend eternity without God. You don't want to live an eternity or even now without Jesus. And it was, it was almost like you need to accept Jesus because what you're going to get out of the deal. Now, here's what's great about that. Yeah, we get eternal life. We get hope and love and purpose and joy. And all those are great things. And those are blessings that God has given us. But we don't want to come to God with that attitude of like, well, what are you going to give me if I worship you? What are you going to give me if I serve you? What are you going to give me if, you do, if, if I'm willing to lay down what I want for you? And that's the wrong attitude to have. We need to understand who God is and who we are. And what an amazing gift the mercy, love, and of Jesus really is in our lives. But, but a lot of times we have the attitude that they do, which is this attitude of, well, okay, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's continue. He says, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Let's go on to verse 32. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Okay, the true bread. What, what is that true bread? Well, really what we're going to see here is it's Jesus. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So basically what Jesus is explaining here is who he is. He hasn't made the statement yet, but he's beginning to help them understand. Listen, you're looking at the benefit and trying to say, you know, if, if I'll follow God, what am I going to get out of it? If, if I lay down my life, what's going to come? And Jesus is like, no, you're, you're missing the point. You're missing the understanding here. I'm the benefit. Being in relationship with me is what is going to fulfill you. It's going to be what you need. It's going to be what sustains you. It's going to be what you, um, you're looking for in your life. And a lot of times, we don't have that attitude. We, we don't have that, that, that perception of looking at Jesus and going, you know what, Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus kind of becomes secondary. And it's great that we have him, 
but it's almost like, what are we going to get out of the deal? And here's the thing. Here is the problem we need to look at, and it's this. The problem was the people were looking for him to get out bread, not expecting him to be the bread. And that's our problem sometimes, is we, we go to Jesus and, and we're trying to look at him as kind of what we're going to get instead of going to him and realizing that what's the greatest gift is him. He is what we need. He is what fulfills us, not what he gives. And listen, God blesses us and God takes care of us in ways excuse me, that, that, that we know at times and ways that we don't know at times. He loves to bless his kids, but that's not what we need. We need him. He's the benefit. He is that bread that we need that sustains us. Next, Jesus wants to teach him, and this kind of goes in with point uh, one and two. Jesus wants to teach them he is everything they need. He is everything they need. Look at John 6, 35. We're going to look at the first part of that. Jesus then declares, I am the bread of life. Now, Let's talk about bread for a minute. We, we, we kind of have, it, it today, uh, bread is kind of a different concept for us than it was back then. Bread to us has kind of become more of a, uh, of kind of an appetizer. It's kind of, I mean, think of, think of the restaurants that you like to go to. And, and, and a lot of times when you go to those restaurants, um, you'll sit down, you know, you, you've maybe waited a little bit and, and maybe you're, you're hungry and you're looking for all this. Um, you're, and, and you sit down and, and a lot of times, what do they bring you? They bring you bread. They bring you something that's, that's not the meal in a lot of ways. It is, it is kind of the appetizer. It's something that you, you begin to eat before the real food kind of comes up. But we need to remember something. When Jesus is speaking these words to a lot of these people, the bread was the main thing. The bread was all that they had sometimes. It was the meal. So to communicate this idea of bread, it was more than just an appetizer. It was more than just something that you got before. It was everything. It was life. You would not survive if you did not have the bread that you need. And so Jesus here is saying that. Now, now maybe in our world, you know, he would have used a different term. But in this moment, he says, I am all that you need. You can survive. If you have nothing else, you can survive on me. I can give you purpose and hope and fulfillment. All the things you need, I can be everything. But we have to sometimes change our mentality because a lot of times we don't look at Jesus that way. We kind of look at Jesus the same way we look at the bread that comes before our meal. We often treat Jesus as an appetizer or a side dish there to season, enhance, or add value to our lives. Jesus is and should be the main course. Should be the main course. Because here's the thing. As we look at this concept, as we look at this idea of Jesus basically proclaiming that he is this, to his hearers, the people that are listening to this, they're understanding that this is meaning that he is their everything. He can sustain and do an amazing work in them and through them if they will partake of this bread. 
if they will understand that this bread is more than just something that, that you put uh, on the side of your plate, you know? Like, I don't know about you, but, but um, you know, it's maybe like Thanksgiving or, or a meal or something like that. It's like you get yourself a roll, you know, and you kind of have it on the side of your plate or even, you know, you'll even go to maybe a nice restaurant and what do you have? A little bread plate. And you put your roll there and you kind of will sit there and, and, and kind of kind of have that uh, be a part of it. It, it. it enhances what you are looking forward to that's the main course, okay? You don't go to a nice restaurant and open up the menu and it just has bread listed. Bread comes with the meal and we have to change our mentality, spiritually speaking, to understand that Jesus is everything that we need. He is the main course. He's not just this little bit of something that we use to kind of make it complete. He completes it. He completes us. The final thing we want to look at this morning is this. Jesus wants to teach them that when they go to him, they will truly be filled. Truly be filled. Look at John 6, 35b as we kind of finish this out, this last portion of scripture. He says after he's declared himself the bread of life. He says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is expressing the fact that, hey, listen, when you come to me, when you allow me to be the bread of life, I will take care of every need that you have. I will fill you uh, up. Uh, you'll never be hungry. You'll never be thirsty. You, if you will allow me to do this, when you come to me, I will fulfill every need, every desire, everything that you need, I will take care of, which is such an amazing promise. But the question that I have, because I know in my life, I sometimes have this issue, and I'm probably pretty sure that you too as well, is this, is if we know that, then why do we at times still feel hungry? Why do we at times, Jesus here has stated something very clearly. He said, listen, if you'll come to me, if you'll allow me to fulfill you, if you'll allow me to be the bread of life to you, okay, then you will be filled. But the problem is, is at times, I'm still hungry. I'm still not fully full. And, and, and I was thinking about that. Like, well, why is that? And, and what's interesting is I kind of went back to, and I don't know if you have kids. If, if you don't, you, you're, you're going to experience this at some point. But um, I don't know. Uh, but one of the things that we, we do as a family, of course, like most families, is we get together with families around the holidays. And, you know, whether it be like Thanksgiving or Christmas or, or whatever, and, uh, and so uh, Easton is, loves his cousins, loves both sides of the family, both sets of cousins, and really enjoys being together with them. And so a lot of times when it's time to eat, you know, maybe it's, it's this amazing uh, Thanksgiving meal. And so, you know, uh, we, we've prepared all this food. I mean, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's like this at your house, but... It's like, you know, we got more food than we could ever possibly eat. And, and then there's desserts and everything else and all these things. And, and, and it's been cooking all day and it's starting to smell amazing. And you're just sitting there going, oh man, I'm just so excited to eat. And, and you're ready to get down. And finally, it's, it's time to eat. You bring the whole family together. And, and there's the kids over here in this section and the adults over here or whatever. And, and you begin to eat and, and all these sort of things. And it's just so much food and, 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 and all this sort of stuff. And you kind of look over and the kids are kind of messing around, they're kind of playing, they're kind of 
doing all these things, but they're not really, you know, they're not really eating. And then, and then they'll come over and they kind of get bored and they're, okay, can I be done? And okay, well, let me eat, eat a little bit more or whatever else. And, and here's what usually happens in those moments. I don't know if you've experienced this. Um, if you haven't, you probably will, whether it be in this type of setting as far as like Thanksgiving or maybe it's a, a meal that you've gone out to a restaurant or whatever. But, but then it's like, like an hour later, two hours later, what happens? The kid walks up to you and they say this, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And, and, and you're literally going, how in the world could you possibly be hungry? We had enough food to, to you know, a small army could have, you know, been, been kept in the field for a long time with all the food we got. How can you possibly be hungry? Well, here's how. Here's how. They're at the table, but there's so many other things that are vying for their attention. There's so many things. They're playing, they're, they're messing with their cousins, they're, they're messing around. They're, you know, if you're at a restaurant, you know, they got the coloring book or whatever that they've given. Or they're, just, they're not focused on the meal. They're not focused on that in this moment, they can get their fill. You know, because here's the thing. We would have plenty of food. There is no reason for them to be hungry, but we can get somewhat distracted and not get the full meal that we need. And sometimes, spiritually speaking, I think that's what can happen to us. We, we, we are invited to come sit at the table of God. We are invited to come sit at his table and the food and the spiritual nourishment that we need. I mean, it is, there's more than enough. I love that Jesus says, I, 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 will, I will not just meet your need, I'll meet more than enough. Press down, running over, more than enough. And we sit there at God's table. But you know what? We get distracted with other things. We get distracted with other situations or, or, or circumstances in our lives. And here's the deal. Sometimes those are good things. Let's go back to the, the illustration about, about uh, your kids and my kid. That basically, it's good that they're, they're making memories with their cousins. It's good that they're, they're enjoying that moment. But the thing is, at that moment, they need to be focused in on eating the food that was provided for them. And, and I don't know what in your life maybe can be that distraction, can be that thing that comes that keeps us from doing that. Some of those things can be good things and some of those things can be bad things. But we always want to make sure that we are focused on making sure that we are eating the bread that God has provided for us. Here's the thing. Why do we still at times feel hungry? We can get busy playing or focusing on other things, and that keeps us from eating our fill of what we really need. Here, here's the thing. And, and I find this in my life, and I find it in others. We, we kind of have a problem of substituting the bread of life for things that just aren't going to fulfill us. And again, and I think this is important that we understand this, because it's very easy at times for us maybe to look at our lives and say, well, but these are good things. You know, I, the, what I'm doing here is, is good. And, and I'm going to talk about myself just because obviously I know me and I know the things I go through. And at times um, when I talk about these substitutes for me, one of the substitutes can be just ministry. 
being a pastor, trying to, to deal with all the things that, that need to be done, and, and how can I get this done, and, and i got to contact this person, I need to do this, and, 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 and there can be just so much things that, that are in my life. Now listen, the ministry, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. But the thing is, I need to understand this. It, it'll never fulfill me. It'll never be the bread of life that I need. It, it can be a part of who I am, and it can be an important thing that God's called me to be and do, but that's not who I am. That's not what sustains me. And at times, I have to be willing to say, you know what? Yeah, these are good things. These are important things. But you know what? Right now, I need to eat my fill of Jesus. You know, you go, Aaron, why, why do you like to talk about Jesus so much? Why, do, why are we even doing this series? It's, it's quite simple. We need to get some of that bread of life in us again. We need to, to make sure that we're focusing in on Jesus because he's the bread of life. He's what we need. And we can kind of forget that sometimes. We can get so focused on other things that we forget what really matters. We can forget that what we need is him. It's, it's not about how, how, how great the pastor is or how good he can speak or how good the worship is or, or whatever, or, 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 or whatever you might use to fill that, that hole in your heart from, from, from good things that, that, are, that are important or, or even bad things that aren't so good. But, but we have to start to look at this and go, you know what? Am I substituting something else for Jesus? And here's the thing when we do that. We have to understand this. When we substitute for Jesus, we're going to find some issues and we're never going to be fulfilled. We're never going to be able to live the full life that Jesus has promised us. It starts with him. Why does Jesus use this term, the bread of life? Because it is hearers then, they understood that bread was necessity. It was needed for survival in a lot of ways. And I know for us, we, bread is different, but we have to understand the context of what Jesus is trying to communicate here. He's trying to help us understand that more than anything, we need him. He'll fulfill us. He'll give us purpose. He'll do all those things in us and through us. So as we close, I want to ask you a quick question. What have you allowed in your life to become your savior substitute? What, what in your life have you kind of decided, you know, this is, this is really what I need? And, and that's a hard question to ask. It really is. Because in some ways, we can kind of hide behind good things. We can kind of hide behind spiritual things. Well, you know, you know like in my, my case, you know, the ministry, that's, that's, a, that's an important thing. But the bottom line is this. If it is not Jesus, if he isn't the bread of life to you, you're going to always find yourself looking for something more. You're always going to be looking for something that, that will fulfill that only Jesus can fulfill. And so the question is real simple. What, what, is that, what is that thing in you that you have kind of turned into your, your savior substitute? What, what, what have you done 
in your life that has kind of become the one thing when really it should be Jesus is the one thing. That is so important to understand, to look at our hearts and realize that, that, that maybe things need to be rearranged a little bit. And, and that's not, that, that's a part of our, our lives that we just always need to look at. We always need to be realizing, hey, have I put something in the place that's Jesus's place? Have I, have I looked at something and gone, you know what, I, I should have done this differently, but, but I, I, this has become too important. This has become more important than being able to spend time with Jesus and spend time with him. Because listen, he's the only person that's going to fulfill us. He's the only one that we can look to and know that he's the one that can do something amazing in our hearts and in our lives. He's the one that we need. You know, it's interesting as, as we kind of look at the story and, and, and Jesus here is communicating something very deep and very important, something that we need to remember and look at. And Jesus also talks at another time in Scripture about this idea of him, you know, really being the bread of life, really being this, this bread. And I want to kind of close with this, along with this idea of, of our substitution, as John, John's going to come on up and he's going to begin to play. Um, at the Last Supper, you know, we, we, we do communion and, and we take the, the bread and, and, and the, the, the wine or, you know, the grape juice or whatever. And, and in that, we, we remember Jesus. We remember um, the sacrifice, of course, of, of what he's done. And, and it's an amazing, special time. But in that, Jesus, Scripture says that Jesus took bread. And he breaks it. And he begins to hand it out to his disciples. And what does he say? He says, this bread is my body. It's going to be broken for you. And it's, it's another picture of Jesus being this bread that we need. And we have to understand something about Jesus in this concept. You see, Jesus was whole. Jesus was without sin. And the Bible says that Jesus willingly laid down his life. Jesus willingly allowed himself to be broken. He willingly allowed himself to be broken. He was whole. But he breaks the bread. And something we need to understand is this, Jesus was whole, but he was willing to be broken. So our brokenness could be made whole. And here's the thing, if you put your hope or you put your trust or faith in something other than Jesus, it'll break you. If you put your hope in a person, they're gonna fail you you're going to find yourself broken. It's just, it's just what's going to happen because those things were never designed to be the bread of life that you need. But Jesus in his wholeness 
was willing to allow himself to be broken so that your brokenness could be made whole, so that you could have the peace, love, joy, purpose, all those things that you long for, all those things that every human being needs that can only truly be completely fulfilled in Jesus. That's what we need to look at. But here's the thing, if we're letting Savior substitutes come in, if we're, that's gonna break us. It's not gonna be enough. And, and you're gonna find yourself over time becoming more angry and more hurt and more devastated. And look, this is, not, this is for everybody. This isn't just like for people that don't know Jesus. This is at times for Christians too. Whether you've been saved for a two weeks or, or, or 200 years, we can allow sometimes, we can forget to allow, allow Jesus to fill us up. We can forget that, you know what, we, we can't allow these, these, these substitutes to come in and not fill us up. It's amazing sometimes the people that I meet in the church and in churches that, that should be full of Jesus, but they're not. And they, why is that? It's because they're using substitutes that aren't filling them, that aren't completely doing the things that Jesus can do. So, so this is for everybody. Jesus wants to be your bread of life today, whether you've known him for, for a long, long time or you don't know him at all. For some of you, you may be hearing this and there's light bulbs going off and you're going, man, that's me. I've been looking, I've been searching, I've been trying to find different bread and, and, and maybe I'm eating a little bit of that bread at times, but it just doesn't seem to be enough. And for others, maybe we know who the bread of life is. And we have been invited, all of us have been invited to the table of God to partake in a feast but we've let other things and distractions and other people or whatever it is, we've let them distract us from making sure we eat our fill. Or maybe we're kind of sneaking the sweets. You know what I mean? We're snacking before dinner. And so we sit down at the table and, 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 and we think we're full. And we kind of are, but we're full of the stuff that's not gonna last. We're full of the stuff that we're going to need to go snack again. And so we're not hungry for what we really need, which is always going to be Jesus. Jesus wants to be everything to you and everything to me. And listen, when we get that right, when we live that way, everything works out. That doesn't mean that your life won't be sometimes painful. But it does mean that when we put Jesus first, that God will take care of everything else in his infinite wisdom and in his plan, which is perfect. But maybe this morning you're going, you know what, I, I've, I've kind of allowed other things to be the bread that really only Jesus can be. And again, it doesn't matter whether this is somebody that, that maybe has never really understood Jesus or accepted him or somebody that has for a long time. Sometimes we need to be reminded. Sometimes we, we go to Jesus like they did in the very beginning and we kind of look at it and we say, Jesus, what are you gonna do for me? What are you gonna do for me? Sometimes the disciples that walked with Jesus even had that problem. 
it's so easy to fall into that, that rut. And if you're there, it's okay. Jesus wants to reach down, pick you up, love on you, and help get us back where we need to be. So no matter where you're at this morning, no matter what the Holy Spirit may be trying to communicate to you, I know that God wants to do something amazing inside of you. So whether you're an individual that, that needs to click that button that says, you know what, I, I need Jesus. I, I need him to be that fulfillment in my life. Or you're an individual that says, you know what, I, I've known Jesus for a long time, but whether it's because I've let other things come in or I've substituted or I've really just forgotten that Jesus is all I need. I, I need to let the Holy Spirit come and I need to let Jesus come and, and get my priorities back again. Whichever it is, you know, God loves with his loving kindness to come, pick us up, help us in those moments don't listen don't be afraid of God God loves you God has a plan for you and God wants to do something so amazing inside of you if you'll let him so listen whichever you are wherever you're at I want to pray with you because I believe God wants to do some amazing things in us God wants us to change our perception, to learn from this story, and for us to really allow Jesus to be the bread of life for you and for me. So let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. Jesus, we're so thankful that you came, that you loved us, that you, you allowed yourself to be broken for us. The story really starts, Jesus, way back in Exodus, that was when you gave the people, the Israelites during that time in the wilderness, that, that manna, that bread from heaven. That was a foreshadowing. You were trying to help us to see that one day you would send Jesus, who is the ultimate bread of life that sustains us that helps us, that fulfills us, that loves us, that does all those things. And so God, right now, if maybe there's someone out there that's watching this, and Father, they're saying, you know what, I need Jesus. I'm tired of, of not being fulfilled. I'm tired of living my life with these substitutes that just don't do it. And you know what? I know right now I need Jesus. Father, for those individuals, God, I pray right now, that, Father, they would accept you, that they would just in their own hearts and in their own living room or wherever they're at, that they would just say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. I know that you are the only thing I need. So right now, Jesus, I accept you. Jesus, I know and believe that you are God's son and that you died and rose again so that I could have eternal life with you forever. I accept you now. And Jesus, for those that maybe have, have prayed that prayer, maybe recently or a long time ago, but we, they, they kind of allowed other things, like, like I have at times, to kind of become 
their savior substitute or they, they focused on other things that aren't going to be what they need. Whatever it is, we've, we've gone through them before. Jesus, whatever your Holy Spirit is showing us this morning, that Father, they would also during this time come to you. They would pray. They would look to you and they would say, Jesus, I need to make you the main thing again. Jesus, for too long, I've kind of treated you like the side dish. I've treated you like this thing that just kind of helps the main dish. Whatever, whatever I've placed in front of me, whatever I have wanted, whatever I have made the main thing. And Jesus, you kind of just that, that thing that kind of comes along that helps out. That Father, right now, you would forgive us of that. You would forgive us of forgetting that you're not the appetizer of life. You're not the side dish of life. That when you said you were the bread of life, you were basically saying you are the everything that we need. And that Jesus, this morning, we would allow you to help us get things put back in order. That we would once again, not just sit at your table and pick, and kind of eat our, but that we would sit at your table and we would eat our fill of all that you have for us, knowing that it's always about you. Jesus, it is all about you. And I pray that you would help us to understand that, that you would help us to realize that. And Jesus, we're so thankful that you in your wholeness was willing to be broken so that we in our brokenness could be made whole. We accept that wholeness, whether it's the first time or the thousandth time. We love you and we thank you. You're so good and we love you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if, if you prayed that prayer and, and you need some, some prayer, you can, you can ask for that. If, if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me. If, and listen, if, 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 you, if you have some needs that you want us to be praying about, just let us know. Please, please communicate with us during this time. I know it's, it's usually a lot easier. We can see each other after service or, or whatever, but we can't do that right now. So we have to kind of do it a little bit differently. And we want to be there for you. We want to pray with you and encourage you and, and all these things. But we got to know what those things are. If you need something, please let us know. So we want to be a family during this time. We want to continue to support you and help you during this time. And, and this is just a great, another opportunity, a great opportunity for us to, to not just, just, just say we're a church, but to be the church to each other and also to others that, that need the light of Jesus. So listen, let us know what you need. Remember with everything that's going on right now, it's kind of beginning to be another kind of a fluid situation. If you're not a part of those emails, please, Get on that list so that we can communicate with you and know, so you can know what's going on so that you're aware. And, and as things come and as, as we get wisdom, first and foremost from God and, and then from our, our leaders, we will begin to look at 
how we can move forward with where we're at and what we're doing. And because obviously one of the things that we'd love to do is to be able to meet again together. Uh, we don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but we know that uh, God's got this. He's in control. We trust him. Okay. So listen, love you. Miss you guys so much. Thank you for, again, for being with us this morning. And if you need anything, please let us know. Love you. I've been praying for you. And um, God bless you. And, and again, real soon, I pray. And real soon, I hope, we'll be able to be together again. So have a great week. We'll be praying on Wednesday together. And again, if you need something, let us know. Love you. We'll see you soon.